99% of the country these days has some sort of a gizmo that they carry around with them. Call it a cell phone, call it an iPhone, call it a tablet, whatever. And people don't have time to read long books. Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we discuss meaningful ways to get better results with your author business. Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, and at the time, one of the richest men in the world, was quoted as saying, swim upstream, go the other way, ignore the conventional wisdom. Well, that's easier said than done. As business owners and everyone who's writing and publishing their own work as a business owner, one of the biggest challenges we have is dealing with incoming information. There's an endless torrent of information coming at us from all directions. One shortcut we all use to deal with information overload is to simplify it into easily understood bits and then ignore what doesn't fit our expectations. When enough of us see and discuss a pattern, conventional wisdom is formed, allowing us to know, and I put that know in air quotes, allowing us to know that things are true without actually testing the data. One bit of conventional wisdom that I accepted early on in my author business was that it's tough or even impossible to make much money selling short fiction. Oh, sure. We've all heard of the occasional Kindle single that blows up for big-name authors who are jump-starting a new series character, like Pros and Cons, a couple years ago by Janet Ivanovich and Lee Goldberg. It was a fantastic little 33-page book that actually hit multiple bestseller lists. It was released a month before the first full-length novel in their wildly successful Fox and O'Hare series. But we don't have the name recognition of Janet Ivanovich, so there's no way our short fiction could sell enough to make it worth investing much time. Or could it? When I first heard the story of today's guest, T.S. Paul, I scoffed and rejected it as total exaggeration. Then I looked more closely. According to the Amazon rankings, T.S. Paul was selling a lot of short books. His first was 62 pages. His second was just over 30 pages. And they both ranked in Amazon's overall top 2,500. He actually gave me access to his Amazon reports, and I compared what he was doing and the results he was getting to conventional wisdom, and I realized I needed to adjust my thinking. Scott has published six books and two compilations of three books each in less than 90 days. He prices his books at $2.99 so he can actually be paid for his work. He refuses to give his books away, and he's making real money. So we'll get to the interview in a moment, but before we do, I've got to thank a few people. First, for iTunes reviews. It's been, it's been a few weeks since I've thanked people for iTunes reviews, and we have a few new ones. So Corey Miller writes, Indie Writer RVA, and Porty Rose Thank you so much for the generous reviews that you took the time to write on iTunes. Reviews on iTunes are as helpful to podcasters as book reviews are to you with, uh, with your individual titles. So thanks again for taking the time to do that. While I'm expressing appreciation, I'd like to thank everyone who helped me promote Four Seasons of Reno Heart last week. It seemed like everywhere I turned on social media, the cover was being shared by authors I knew and by authors I had no idea listened to the show. 
I'd especially like to thank those of you who also purchased the book as a way of showing your support for the show, or heck, maybe you even just wanted to read it. And finally, and in what I guess we'll call Author Biz Community News, former guest of the show Michael Anderley was on with Simon Whistler on Rocking Self Publishing, episode 148. And they got into some of the things that Michael and I discussed on his Author Biz interview, but Several weeks had passed since that interview was recorded, and Michael's working on some new pretty cool things that he and Simon discussed during episode 148 of Rocking Self-Publishing. You'll also hear a mention of today's guest, T.S. Paul, during that interview. If you haven't heard the episode yet, you should definitely check it out. All right, now let's get things started. Here is T.S. Paul. T.S. Paul, welcome to the Author Biz. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, T.S., you, you go by, well, your actual name, that's your author name. The, the name we're going to use is Scott. You go by Scott Paul, right? I do go by Scott Paul, yes. Okay. I heard a story about you that I found so unbelievable that I had to contact you and, and find out whether or not it was true. And you, can, you told me that it was true, and I still didn't believe you. So you sent me some screenshots, and then I, I, finally, I finally became a believer. So we're going to get into that, but I want to start the interview by asking you a question. And this is sort of a common knowledge kind of thing, something that we all know as writers. And that is that you can't make any money selling short fiction on Amazon. How would you respond to that bit of common knowledge? I don't believe it <laughs> at all. And my theory on that is that 99% of the country these days has some sort of a gizmo that they carry around with them. Call it a cell phone, call it an iPhone, call it a tablet, whatever. And people don't have time to read long books. They'll sit there and stare at their phone and, and read their little short book or read whatever. I have a, And they don't want to read a, a long book on their phone. All right. Well, we could debate that point, and, and I agree. I, I wouldn't want to read a long book on, on my phone, but in general, I do enjoy reading long books. I also enjoy reading short fiction. Well, so um, do I. And, uh, but, but there have been lots of people that have tried and published short fiction, and it doesn't work out that well. You've had a different result, and, and we'll get into that. But first, uh, let, let me get into your background a little bit because you had a retail background in bookselling. I did. So tell us about that. Um, I, got out of, I used to work in the casino industry. I got out of the casino industry and went to work for Walden Books. Um, I had worked, when I was a little younger, I had worked as, as a receiver at doing, the, doing their, their shipping and receiving mm-hmm. at a large store um, here in the St. Louis area. And then I was out of it for a few years. And then I got back in as a manager and I worked at three different stores. So I did that for about six years. And what did that teach you about selling books? What taught me a lot about selling books? Um, most of it with brick-and-mortar stores, it's all about placement and you know, getting it in front of the customer's eyes and figuring out sales. Um, I'm not a real big fan of free books. Um, I don't really – I haven't done it at all with mine And because in retail, if you're trying to sell something, you actually mark it up. You don't mark it down <laughs> because the customer has takes it as it's not of the same quality. If it's a lower price, maybe it's something that somebody's trying to give away that, because it's not that good. So in retail, you know, you, you make it more expensive. You don't make it cheaper. 
All right, and that's that's obviously something else that flies in the face of commonly accepted wisdom in in the author business for most people, where. Uh, we see these examples all the time of of people writing a book, and then you know they they might start out selling it for four ninety nine, and then it's two ninety nine, and then it's ninety nine cents, and then it's free. Yes. Okay. Uh, now let's let's get into your writing history, your vast <laughs> training and knowledge as a writer. When did you uh, when did you first decide that you wanted to write a book? That would be mid February of this year. <laughs> 2000, 2016. Yes. And so what was your process? Did you go out and take some courses like oh, I no. did, not, I you just, know, take courses and just spend time thinking about it? Or did you actually sit down and start writing? I just sat down and start writing. I actually wrote some nonfiction about 15 years ago mm-hmm. and, had it, and had it published. Um, but it's been a really long time. So I don't have any background. I was not an English major. I was actually a communications major. Um, I have both a communications degree and a culinary degree because I was a chef for a while. Ah, interesting. <laughs> but I don't write. The most I've written would be maybe cook, cook, cooking recipes. All right. So when you, you, you said you were published as a, as a nonfiction author. Yes. What, what was that? What did you write? Um, I wrote some articles for Llewellyn Publishing about 15 years ago and I, in, for some of their almanacs. And I actually sold them and, and got about $600 at the time. But that was also 15 years ago. I haven't written since then for them. Right, right. Okay. All right. So in February of this year, you decided you were going to write your first book. So what, what was that like? It was interesting. Um, I had a friend who was pushing me to do it. And, and so I wrote the first few pages and people read it and went, you need to write more of this. So I did, and I, it wasn't super long. It was about 12,000 words. Okay, and what's, what does that work out to in, in pages, do you think? In pages, it works out to be about 60 pages. So it depends on what system you're using. I actually started using, instead of using Word, because I'm cheap, <laughs> I started using um, OpenOffice, which I do not recommend whatsoever, ever, don't even do it. <laughs> because when you go to format it, it gets very strange. And... I had some serious problems with it, but, you know, I changed and fixed it, but it was awful. <laughs> so well, I went ahead and then I went ahead and published it. So how long did it take you to write back in, in February, this 60 page uh, manifesto? Less than a week. <laughs> okay. And then, then what? Did you have it professionally edited? I and, did not. Okay. And I, it, self, I self-edited along with the help of a, a relative of mine who writes mysteries. Oh, okay. All right. So you did have some professional help, but it, it was not in the form of paid help. No, it's not in the form of paid help. Okay. So then you published it, and, and this was your first book. Then what happened? What happened the first day, the second day? First day, second day. Not The first day I didn't sell anything because I published it in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Second day, I think I had f- four sales. Okay. And so then what did you do? What was, what was the next step along your process to becoming a successful author? Well, I'd been published about three days. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my friends was like, you need to write another one. So I did. Okay. And, <laughs> and let, let's, um, this is a series, right? These it are, is a series. These are, it's short fiction. And in each of the books, the story resolves, but there is an overarching arc, I'm assuming, that, that keeps people coming back. 
There is. There, there are complete stories. There aren't. There are no cliffhangers. I mean, there's little itty bitty ones, but there's no real cliffhangers. So each story is complete. Um, I have had a few decent reviews where they compared me to like a 1950s or a 1960s science fiction writer. So it's that kind of a style. Um, so yes, they are complete stories. Okay. And so then you wrote the second book. How long did yes. that take? Uh, about less than a week. So within 12 <laughs> days, I had two books. Okay. And when you published the second book, did that help to spur sales of the first, or, or were you still just sort of limping along at that time? No, it actually really jumped. The okay. first book jumped a lot. And, but the second book is actually shorter. It's at 30 pages. Okay. And so that I'm assuming, based on what I know about you, that you went back and started working on the third book. Of course I did. <laughs> and I wrote the third book. Um, that's Ghost, Sh- Ghost Ships of Terra. Uh-huh. And that book um, took about another week. So within a, less than a month, I had three books out and went ahead and published that one. Okay. And in the first 30 days, I, I don't know if you can tell me this because I know you don't track things this, that carefully. I have seen your your Kindle numbers, so I can verify what you're saying in terms of total sales, but uh, I, I can't tell from looking at the graphs how much you may have sold in the first month. Do you have any recollection of, of what that might have been? Well, for February, because it was only less than 10 days, mm-hmm. my royalties for February was like $150. Okay, and then March? March would be $2,500. Okay, and by the end of March, how many, how many novels did you have out? Oh, how many novels? Yeah, how many books? Um, how many books? So the four, first three four was or five, five. Yeah, four or five. Okay. Because I had I did a trilogy for the first three. Okay, so so there were the first three. Then you packaged them up into a trilogy. Then yes. there was the fourth one. Um, would that have probably been all through March? Yes, it would have been. Okay. Some of March. I have to go back and look at my my dates. I can pull that up, but no, it's it's, it's not that important. So then. You've already you're already proving to yourself that this is working by by what you've done. Yes. And at at the point where you're already at, I would say for writing short fiction, your your success is extraordinary. You've written you've written basically three short books and then you package them into a, a collection and you've made $2500 in the first 6 weeks with you know, not that much time spent writing. No. Uh, and then things started to snowball. Well, then things started to snowball, and then I kind of put myself on this crazy two-week turnaround schedule where I put a new book out every two weeks. Okay, and again, these are shorter books, but they're not – you don't have a set length. I mean some, some are over 100 pages. Uh, you mentioned one that was 30 pages. That was, well, that was the first one. I haven't written anything that short other than a short story in a while. Um, okay. For the most part, they're all running over 100, 130, 148. I think it's the biggest one so far. Okay. And let's, let's talk some actual numbers now. We're recording this on May 10th, and I have seen your numbers through May 9th. Uh, we started, you started on February 18th, I think you said. Yes. And through May 9th, your total KDP earnings were $12,624. Uh, yes. And $2,664 of that was earned in the first nine days of May. So you're on a, an almost $300 and al- a day pace. And uh, almost a million pages read for KMP. Yes. So you're, 
you're selling books. Your people are reading the books. People love your stories. Um, I've looked at some of the reviews. It, 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 you know, I, I will say the reviews are astonishing to me for a, a couple reasons. One is that I'll see something like a, a four-star review that basically says, wow, dude, you need an editor. Great story. Can't wait for the next one. <laughs> they love it, but they hate it. It's – I – a, a large majority of my reviews are based upon length. They don't like the length. Mm-hmm. They don't think that they think that need, books need to be longer. Sometimes they'll say stuff like, I had somebody say, this would make a great TV series, but you need to make them longer. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure how to answer that one. Like I said, I, I get a lot of very strange complaints where they'll say they love the series and they love the character, keep writing it, but please, please make it longer, which I have made them a little longer you have and uh, and another thing that i've noticed is that reviews don't seem to be driving your sales they 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 don't seem to have anything whatsoever to do with your sales i I don't i don't well see people are not going to like this but i don't think reviews matter because it as a reader when i'm a reader i don't look at reviews i look at the blurb i look at the picture and that's pretty much it so uh, my reviews are, are almost so funny i mean i've I've posted them in the back of the, the funnier ones. I've posted in the back of my in my author notes because it's it's some of them are really funny where they'll say they hate the book but they love the series and they're going to keep buying it. So what does that mean? <laughs> and so. I've, there's one guy I, you know I've gone through and looked at some of the reviews on the different books and there's one guy who keeps reviewing you and he's yes. you know like on the first book he shredded you on the of second course. book he shredded you on the third book he shredded you he just keeps shredding you but he keeps buying the books of course he does and he's a verified purchase so it's <laughs> it's crazy and in the most recent was one he actually applauded me not the newest book but the one insurrection which was book five he actually put out like a two a, a two paragraph congratulations this is awesome kind of thing where he had he did have a few things bad things to say but for the most part he said this was really good and he gives me decent reviews i mean you know but he's he's brutally honest which is not always good so <laughs> <laughs> and, and what do you think i mean when you read these reviews when you first read the bad reviews you know everybody everybody listening is an author we've all published things and and had bad reviews what what did you think I've had a couple that really kind of made me angry. Um, I had one that called it a scam, and, and he, he said he was going to make it his his job to make sure that no one else fell for it. But he wasn't a verified, verified purchase, so I ignored it. But I've had a few that, that irritated me just a little bit. But for the most part, they're kind of fun. I mean, I get a lot of people who love the series, want me to keep writing. They don't care about a minor typo or whatever. And they say, keep writing. I love this character. You need to keep going. And I do. And one of the things that I find interesting about your story is that when I first heard about it, I just assumed this was all KDP Select type stuff. Everybody just getting the free book and reading it, and and that's where all the money's coming from. But it's not. You're well. We we should talk about pricing because we haven't talked about <laughs> that yet. You're not selling these books for ninety nine cents, and you're obviously not giving them away. You don't give away your books. You don't price them for ninety nine cents. How do you price them? I actually priced them at two ninety nine. And the, the trilogy is at seven ninety nine. Okay, so a thirty page book or a hundred page book, you charge two ninety nine. I do, and I've sold a bunch of them. And why? Because again, conventional wisdom says you can't 
price a short story or, or, or short fiction at two ninety nine. No one will buy it. The first book, to be truthful, I'll let Amazon p- price it for me, and they priced it at two ninety nine. And a couple pe- of my friends were like, "You're out of your mind." <laughs> what? Now wait a minute. No, what does that mean? You let them price it for you? Um, when you pull up the KDP screen, they give a suggested price of two ninety nine. Okay. So because I wasn't new to this, and I really, to be truthful, wasn't paying that much attention, I went ahead and just put in two ninety nine. Okay. And let it go. And it sold. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay consistent and have all of my books be the same price, except for the trilogies. And it works. I mean, I've sold, for all the people who say that 60 pages doesn't sell, I've sold over 1,000 of that first book at $2.99. And I, I will say that if you look, and I will link to your author page in the show notes, um, three of the six books have the Amazon bestseller tag right there. At one point, I had four of them on that. So, I mean, and what's funny is that the, the Ghost Ships of Terror, which is the third book, is actually number two. I've had somebody say, how come that's not number one? Well, in the category that it's in, it's number two. So it would have to bump one of my own books out of the line before it can be number one. So it's kind of funny. The, uh, the most recent book that you published is Imperial Subversion, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. You have one review on that. It was published on May 5th. You have one review, but it's ranked overall as of this morning 2280, which is fantastic. And three different categories, you're in the top 3. Or Tom, sorry, top 30 in three different categories. Yes. With one review. So that sort of uh, speaks to your point about the value of reviews for you. How much I wasn't in those categories. Well, I wasn't I didn't have the review before I was in those categories. The review just popped okay. up yesterday. Okay. All right. So I was already in those categories before the review came in. The review doesn't seem to have any effect upon those category numbers. Now I realize people are not going to be happy about that. But I have I've gone weeks without any reviews at all and been in those top categories before. So and for those of us who, who feel like reviews are important, we're out there actively soliciting reviews. If someone says, hey, great story on Facebook, then we're begging them to leave a review for us. Uh, you obviously don't have to bother with that. I don't have a mailing list. <laughs> you don't have a mailing list? You, you do have a website. I do have a website, and I do interact with my readers on my blog because once a week I put a 1,000 to 2,000 word short story related to my series for free on my blog. And when you say related, in, in what way is it related and in, in what way does it not further the, uh, the, the arc in the, in the entire well, story? In some cases it does. I usually use it to fill in a gap or fill in a hole. Um, the stories are the cult, they're called Wilson Wednesdays. And one of my characters, who's an, an AI character, um, he has these crazy adventures that Get a little, get a little extreme, like trying to run someone down with a machine, or um, staging a rebellion and having a fast food restaurant explode because he didn't like the fact that robots were being used to run. I mean, it, there's some really funny ones. So I kind of let myself kind of go a little crazy and write these crazy short story things. Um, the longest one was actually 2,300 words, and that's the most recent one. That was from last week, mm-hmm. um, and I used it to set the scene for something that happened in my most newest book because it was a few questions on where did, how come that guy's not living at home? 
and that would be explain why. So I use it to kind of fill in the gaps and fill in the holes. And then I've also introduced a few new characters in the short stories and then later incorporated them into the books. Uh, but presumably, it, for, for regular readers of yours, they don't have to go to the website to stay caught up. It, they don't. It, it, they all don't. Of, the information that's necessary is in the of books. Of course. Okay. But it's a bonus. All right. Let's, let's talk about what your expectations were when you started this. Did you, did you expect this? I did not. Okay. What, what were your expectations? Well, I'm familiar with, with because I'm in the, I was in the book business, I'm familiar with how new authors do. And in my, my experience with that is then for the print industry, is new, new authors, unless, unless they just burst into the scene with, with like this really catchy cover or really catchy blurb or whatever, they don't do, any, they don't do anything. They don't sell. They don't, they don't do well. I mean, I wasn't expecting it at all. Okay, now you're you're not even three months into it. What are your revised expectations? <laughs> <laughs> I, I still I still have an opinion that new authors don't do as well, but I had a really good cover. Uh, my blurbs are okay; they're not the fantasticest ones in the world, but I've picked up a following. I mean, it, 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 in my opinion, cover has an awful lot to do with it. How much of your success do you think is dependent on the genre that you write in? Oh, a lot of it. Science fiction is really hot right now. I and mean, do you, just in, in do you general. Think, do you think science fiction readers uh, tend to be – and I don't know because I don't read science fiction. So uh, do they tend to be volume readers? They do. They do. They'll read everything they can find in a category. Okay. So – and and they seem to be accepting of the idea of, of shorter fiction. Mm, for the most part. But once again, it kind of goes back to, to my theory on the, the, the gizmo that people have in their hands is that, you know, do you really want to read a 600-page six, book on your phone while you're waiting in line at the bus station or wherever you are? So, I mean, you know. Yep, I, I get you. I hear you. Um, what kind, I, know, I know that you're out there on Facebook. You're, a number, you're, you're in a number of different groups. You're in the AuthorBiz group. Thank you for, uh, for being a part you're of that. You're very welcome. Um, what kind of feedback do you get from other authors when when you share your ideas? I don't. It, it depends. Um, it depends on who I'm talking to. There's a few people that I'm friends with that 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 agree with me on some points, and there's quite a few that think I'm totally insane. <laughs> so, and I actually started an argument on one group about how reviews don't matter, and it I didn't get good responses to that because they weren't very happy with me. But it's okay. You know, what, I, one of the things that's, that's happening, at least in my own mind, as I see what people like you are doing, is that my eyes are becoming open to this different world that you see and some other authors are seeing that the rest of us aren't seeing. It's, it's like this it, – it, it's, it's almost like this bizarro world, to use a Superman term, where the things that we know can't possibly work are working. Well, look, look, look in the – well, I don't know if you read this or not, and I don't really read it to be truthful, but I have friends who do. If you look in the erotica market, mm -hmm. they sell an awful lot of really short books for a whole bunch of money. And they're you – know, in some categories, they're number one, and they've been number one a long time. So why can't we do that with other genres? Why can't science fiction jump into the short fiction read – um, I mean, I've been ranking it short fiction in literature, which is crazy, <laughs> against big authors like mm -hmm. 
big publisher publishers offers that you know the big five people i mean i've gone up against people you wouldn't think i'd be against and it's crazy that i'm in there like their top 10 or their top 15 or whatever with no reviews or with one review or with really bad reviews and it's still selling i have a um it was actually my wife's suggestion which is a little crazy that one of my characters become um, uh, have a have a relationship and get a girlfriend, and so I have a lesbian character, and I'm in the lesbian market, and I've been number one in the um, for lesbian science fiction for over a month, books one and two, and that's just from a single character having a, a, a relationship. lesbian relationship, and, and I don't write sex. There's no sex in my books. There's very little bad language. Actually, in not the most recent book, but in the book before that, I did have a little bit of bad language, but it was actually written in other people's languages. So <laughs> if you bother to Google it, if you bother to Google it, you can get it. But if you don't Google it, it's like, hey, that's kind of interesting. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, you've, you've been doing this for a while. You've had some success. The length of what you're writing is, is increasing. Do you see yourself... Hitting the two to two hundred and fifty page market here soon. I don't know about soon, but it might. We might get there by the end of the year. Um, I have books scheduled up until September, but I'm also writing a new book every two weeks, so we'll have to see. So on that type that compressed schedule, um, it doesn't. I don't know that I'm going to be able to pull the length out in two weeks. <laughs> yes, I, I think you might you might have to ex- oh, make us all feel better and say that you'd have to expand it to like maybe a month or something. Well, that's going to happen in September. <laughs> um, I can slow down in September because I, by September I'll have twenty books out. Okay, and what will you it, right now, based on what you know now, what would you price a two hundred and fifty page book at? Probably uh, three ninety nine or four ninety nine, but I wouldn't go above that okay. because it doesn't sell. People love two ninety nine. Two ninety nine is a great price. But you have uh, a a compilation that you've published of the first three books. That's seven ninety nine. You have another on pre order now. That's I just said that seven ninety nine, and uh, that's selling. It is, and there. But that's a value. If you look at the price, you're right. saving about two bucks. Okay. All right. So that's people who have read one or more of your stories and know this is a great way to get into the series. You think? And there's a lot of people who aren't on KMP. They're not doing KU, so that gives them a way to buy all three books and you know get it in one volume. And I haven't—I don't sell a lot of them, but I've sold over a hundred of the first one. Okay, so for people like me who I—I I hear this, I've seen your numbers, I'm still skeptical—not skeptical of what you're telling me, skeptical of the fact that this is working for someone other than you. Um, and I, I, I know it's, it's not your job to convince me that it can work, but there are a lot of us out there listening that are, that are thinking to ourselves, this can't possibly work for me. What would you say? I'd say give it a try. I, I can name a couple other authors that I'm friends with that decided to do the, something similar based on what the kind of numbers that I was getting. And the short fiction market is wide open. And, and one of the obvious benefits, especially when you're start, starting a series the way that you do, I mean, we, we all hear about these people now that are stacking up novels. So, you know, they may write three or four uh, full-length novels, and, and maybe that takes them two years to write those and then release them, and 
hope that they're good and they find a market. You, on the other hand, are writing something in two or three weeks, releasing it, and guaranteeing that you have a market after you have two or three books. And if you didn't, I assume that you would go write something else. Well, yes. And, and most of my readers or, or fans, depending on how you want to say it, kind of clue into the fact that if they can wait just a little tiny bit, they're going to have a book. I mean, in, in, so my one book comes out. Two weeks later, the next book comes out. Two weeks after that, the next book comes out. And then if they're that desperate for, for fiction or the, for the characters, they can go to my blog every week, and there's more characters they can read. So it's a continuation. Every week there's something they can read, even though it's only maybe, you know, a thousand words. Now, you, you, you have convinced me that this is, this is a valid idea. Let me try and convince you of something. Certainly. I want you to get an email list, to start building an email list, because <laughs> what you're doing now is working, but it may not yeah. be working a year from now. And, no, you, no. and you may lose touch with all these readers that right now love you. Okay. So how hard would it be for you to just go in and at, at the end of your book say, hey, sign up for my email list. Be sure that you're notified when the next book comes out. I can do that. It's hard for me to, though, because I don't pay any attention to the emails that I get. So, <laughs> and as a reader, see, because before I started writing, mm-hmm. I was a heavy, heavy, what people would say a whale type reader, uh-huh. is that before I started writing, I was reading 10 books a week. You may be, well, you are unique in, in your reading habits. But for me, uh, if I have an author that I really like, one of the things that I appreciate being able to do is to sign up for an email list so that uh, I also read a lot, not as much as you. But uh, <laughs> Nobody I, reads as much as I, I do. <laughs> I like to be notified when a new book comes out. Yes. And I may not catch them all, but I catch enough of them, especially from my favorites. Up oh, there goes my uh, Alexa. Hang on. But uh, let me get back to the point. Um, you know, things change. And yes. you have this opportunity now – um, I have spoken to, I don't know, probably two dozen authors who said the same thing. I wish I'd started my email list sooner. I've, talked, right. I've spoken to a few who just refused to do it, and, and I understand for a variety of reasons why someone might not want to do it. But you have a, you know, you've got a real opportunity here with what you're doing, and you're building up this fantastic group of readers, and something could change. True. And if, if you have their contact information, you're in better shape than if you don't have it, and it really doesn't take much extra work to set that up. Well, I can work on that. I, I'm always open to new ideas. It's not a, this is not a new idea. Well, Scott. you know what I mean. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm kidding. I'm pulling your leg down. I'm, I'm, I'm open to new, new strategies. Let's put it that way. All right, Scott Paul, T.S. Paul, thank you so much for being with us today. Where can people learn more about you? What's the best place for people to go? Best place to go would be my blog. Which is? It's tspaul.blogspot.com. All right, and I will link to that in the show notes. I I know that you publish new short fiction there once a week, and you probably have links to everything that you do there as well. So again, thank you so much for being here and uh, shattering some of uh, my illusions. Good, good.